Amen. The extended hand of God. Boy, I'm so glad for the extended hand of God. As we look in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, we will read. But of the day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels in heaven, but the Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and making merry and giving in marriage until the day, somebody said day, that Noah entered to the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not the hour of your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And then the last verse would say, Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. That verse that talks about if you knew when the thief was coming, I remember my house, as I've told you before, was broken too, and the most valuable things of all the guns and the things they took my <clears throat> daughter Lindsay at the time she was small she had a blanket and y'all gone through this with children it gets wore out on the end they've got a little thread and they they lay that thread over the nose and they stick the thumb in the mouth and they hold it real tight I drove up and down roads all around here looking on the clothesline just thinking one day maybe they'll wash that thing and I'll find it for Lindsay well I never found it but if I'd have known when they was going to break in the house and I'd have known that they was going to take something so precious to my child, I would have stand guard at the door. I would have been there. I would have been watching them. Lord only knows what I would have done when they took that precious thing of my babies out of her bedroom, maybe out of her crib, and run out the door. I remember a time that I had a thief that was breaking into my place at the barn, just stealing everything, just stole tools. And I had left a, just a nail apron and a hammer there one time. And I come back the next day, and he, was, he had stole that. Found out who it was later. But I can remember sitting in a little place that I've got right behind my shop watching the barn. And I said, well, I'm going to sit here all night, and when he comes, I'm going to get him. Well, thank God. He's still living today. I said, he done stole it all. You might as well go on in the house and go to sleep. Ain't nothing left down there for him to steal. Ain't nothing even keeping you up all night. But this scripture right here is talking about that the way the Lord's going to come one day is going to come. It's going to come when you... When you least suspect him, he's, he's going to be, he, when you think all is well, 
everybody that's missed heaven, missed God's grace, as Renee was talking about a while ago. They missed God's mercy. They just missed it. Somehow or another, through some false doctrine or whatever, they thought if I do good enough for myself, or they were just like I was before I got saved. I knew a long time before I got saved how to be saved. Just through stubborn, just through pride, I'm going to put it off to another time. I'm going to wait till the next boat comes through. I was asking Ray as he came in my office this morning. I said, I wonder how Noah preached. I wonder what kind of preaching Noah preached. A man out there, and we talk about the coming of the Lord as I have read it to you this morning, and we, and we think about the coming of the Lord. We think, well, the Bible said you put that day far away. Like, there's no way in having a day. We got our own agendas. We got our own hurts. We got our own feelings going on. Look here. I ain't studying no Jesus coming today. I, I couldn't work it in my plans, Brother Benny, if he come. I'd have to tell him, you got to wait. I, I got a whole lot going on first. My word. I wonder what we would tell our loved ones if, if Jesus was to come today. And he and he just come upon us. I wonder what we as Christians would beg for. I wonder if seeing him face to face, we would finally have a heart for somebody and care where their soul is going to spend eternity at. How urgent was Noah with his preaching? He was so urgent, he was out in the middle of a desert and he was building an ark. He was told it was going to rain. The Lord had said it was going to rain. It was going to destroy the earth. A man that just like we hadn't seen the coming of the Lord yet, he had never seen it rain, but he was real diligent. He was so diligent, he had put his hands to something to prove it. Not only he was preaching about it, but you could tell he really believed it was going to happen because he was working on something to prepare it. You think that's where we are today? You think that's where we are today? We just, we just talk about it, but we don't do no work toward it. We don't, we don't show no actions toward it. We don't ask somebody the big question. Listen, if this was it today, we don't know. i tell you what you got. You got today. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. You got today. That's all you got is today. All that you're going to do, you got now. You're still breathing, and you've got now. Well, I thought about it's extended hand of God. It's, he's extended it in time. Wouldn't nobody let you get by with that? You wouldn't just keep on, just keep on telling somebody this is it today. Today is the day of, of salvation. They turn you today, down today, and then the word comes. It'll be fresh in the morning. His mercies will be new every day. And in the morning, he's going to come in the morning. He's going to say the same thing. He's going to say, today's the day of salvation. If you get to live tomorrow, he's going to say, today's the day of salvation. You won't ever see in the Bible where it says tomorrow is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Now, I come to you the same way if you lost in here today. That the church in general, I'll tell you the same thing I told you last week. Jesus, the problems he had with was the Pharisees and the Sadducees. If I was saying that I was fighting through something to get you to the gospel today, I would tell you that I'm fighting against religious spirits. But as we think about the Lord saying, you, you don't know the hour, nobody knows the day, nor the hour. I had a friend one time told me that it's not time yet. Some things have got to happen. I told him, I said, will you please let me know? 
I mean, he was saying that this is, it just can't happen yet. Listen, there's, there's nothing to withhold God from coming back today. But he said, just like it was in the days of Noah, before, right before the flood came, he, Noah was out there preaching. He was, he was saying, get ready. And, and I thought about, he said, just like he said it was in the day before the flood came, just right before. They was eating and drinking. They was being married. And when I think about that, I just put that in my own words, just saying they was just doing what they wanted to do. They was just being happy in whatever state they was in. They was okay with everything that was going on. Just let it rock, you know, making plans just like I'm making plans this afternoon to be here and there. They was just being married with life. Just going right on like this could not be the day. I'm going to tell you something. Something needs to ha happen in our church, in all the churches. I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. We need to get an urgency about folks getting saved. We do. It needs to be such an urgency, the number one thing on our mind, we're saved and on our way to heaven. After we get saved, the Bible said, let everyone do the work and evangelism, and we need to be in one mind, one accord, to make sure that you know there's going to be some mighty good people to die and go to hell. Good folks. I told them the other night, I said, good folks don't go to heaven. Bible said ain't none good. Say folks go to heaven. I said, say folks go to heaven. You ought to be excited about that. And then what did, what did you have to do to be saved? Oh, man, I had to muster up. I had to do all this, and I had to. No, no, no. It was with a childlike faith. It's just like, it's just like a child would jump in your arms, old hard-headed man or stubborn woman ain't going to do that. Man, we got so much pride. The lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life keeps us from doing a whole lot of things. But the main thing that does, that pride does, it keeps us from accepting the gift of God. The Bible said by the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Son, Jesus Christ. Through His Son, Jesus. Look, at, it's a gift that God wants to give you today. But I can just see them as Noah was out there building that ark, and it's the same way today. You know, Jesus has unbuilt a cross. We just sung a song about the cross. We, Houston had the pictures up on the screen of the crosses, and we see them, and, oh, look at there. They got some crosses up on, the, up on the stage, but we don't really go through. We don't really, it don't bring grief to us anymore. It don't bring agonies to our heart anymore. Oh, that's that place that, that my Savior paid that wonderful price that, that I could be saved. Oh, that's them crosses where that blood run. That's, that's them crosses where they nailed my Savior. That, that's them crosses where victory over death came. And, and oh, death, you don't have no shame no more. And it all come from the cross. The Bible would teach you over in 1 Corinthians 1, 18, 17, and 18. It said, for the preaching of the cross is foolish. To them that perish. To them that are still lost. Look, it's like, I don't know why you're making such a big deal. Why don't you get on to something else? Ever learning and never coming to the cross. Knowing everything, but you've never been to the cross. You've never seen the blood. You've never looked in them eyes. Boy, that scripture said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I remember we preached in election about that man that was standing at the door. 
What did he look like? The Bible said he, you couldn't even make out what he looked like, who he was. You couldn't even make out who he was. He was beat so bad he didn't even look like a man. That's what happened at the cross. But we hear today in verse 38 is, is talking about just like as the flood came, it's just before it came, we were, just, we were just going on about a business. What if Jesus was to come this afternoon around 2 o'clock? How many folks do you know that's ready? You know what the Bible says? He said he's coming. He's got a group that he's coming for. You may show you how narrow it is. He said, I'm coming for those that's looking. If God could put a number up on the board right now of folks that came in this door expecting God that he could come today, it'd be embarrassing what the number is. He said, but he wrote it plain in his word, just as well, just as well it is John 3, 16. He said, I'm coming for those that's looking for my appearance. It ought to show up in our action, just like Noah. It was showed up in his act. He said, if he was to say, y'all, I'm thinking about building a boat. I'm thinking it's going to be a good idea, and I'm thinking it may rain. I, I'm thinking it might have been a God told me, so I just want you to be praying as I think about building that ark, and I just want you to be praying about it. He's talking about it's going to rain. I, I just want you to be thinking about it. Y'all just be in prayer about it. <laughs> that makes about as much sense as the day that I went home taking my shoes off, and in the corner of the, where my steps are, there was a snake there. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be something to say, I call y'all on the phone, standing there with that snake, and maybe he's coming my way. He said, I just want y'all to be thinking about praying for me. I, I just want y'all be in serious prayer, what y'all think I need to do with this situation. I, I, I just really, really want to do what God would want me to do about this snake, and the snake's getting closer, death's getting closer. We, every time we drive down the drive, down a drive and go out on the highway, we, we're taking another chance. Every day that we go to work, we take another chance, and I just said, look, I just need y'all to do a spiritual thing. This snake's coming to me, and I just want y'all to be diligent about praying about what I should do about this snake. That's where the church is at. And the world is just eating them up. Just eating them up. Patricia taking all the spirit out of it. Good Lord, man, you can't preach like that. If you preach like he's coming, you're scaring folks. Where am I going to scare you to when you're headed straight to hell? Why can't you look at it that I love you? Wouldn't it be something, Brother Larry, everywhere you went, somebody said, man, can I ask you a question? You would go home so astonished last night if everywhere you went yesterday, somebody asked you, Larry, who are you? Every time you went, man, I don't know you from nothing, but, but I believe Jesus is coming. <laughs> man, don't, don't, we, don't we thank some folks some show enough rednecks when we get behind them these days? It used to be a common thing. Don't we thank some folks some, some, some show enough rednecks to have them bumper stickers <laughs> we used to have, Brother Larry, on the car. You know, I was back before me and you got sophisticated and all puffed up, and we, we wouldn't want y'all to see us like this now. We wouldn't want y'all to think we were spiritual or nothing. <laughs> but we had a bumper sticker that said, in case the rapture, this car will be unmanned. <laughs> Get behind some folks, they got some bumper stickers all over the back of it. Jesus coming soon. You said, that's the most tackiest thing. 
Did I just tell you what? You know what? That's going that, Ain't that just a mess? I mean, look at me right now like you ain't making no sense at all. Let me tell you something. When Noah was building that boat and he was telling everybody it was going to rain, they looked at me just like some of y'all looking at me right now. They looked at him just like some of y'all looking at me right now. And you're thinking, man, where are you going? Until the flood came. Who? Until some, some rain went to falling. You ought to be so glad that you've got a pastor that cares about your soul. That wouldn't just get up here and give you a one, two, three point, a good poem, and send you on your way, but to tell you the Bible said it's just like. The world hadn't changed a bit. They didn't pay Noah no attention. He's out there doing all that work, and he's preaching, getting on a boat, and no one's listening to him. And then there come a day that the Lord, after he got everybody that he wanted on the boat, he told Noah, said, shut the door. They were still probably saying, boy, that's some redneck bunch of folks right there. I bet they're going to really get hot on that, on that boat. And you take time all them two pigs and go to messing in there. I don't know how big the poop is from an elephant, but time that elephant poops on there and all them zebras poop on there and that hippopotamus, them two hippopotamus poop on there, that's going to be one more stinky mess. And they're shut up in that boat. And all of a sudden, there's water started falling out of heaven. All of a sudden, they weren't thinking about how hot it was in that boat no more. They weren't thinking about the comfort anymore. They weren't thinking about the smell anymore. All they could think about was beating on that door and hollering, let me in the boat. But the Bible said that God, Shut the door. So it'll be just like in that day. As verse 38 said, in the days that were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Knew not. Knew not. Boy, so many people. It's so many people that don't know. Boy, it's an exciting thing for me as I got to preach yesterday at a at Bubba that came here and we had his funeral service right here with us and I got to preach that service yesterday and it was the sweetest spirit in that little church, wasn't it, Tammy? Oh. I said, Damar, when I get ready to preach, if I can have this sweetest spirit, oh, it's going to be wonderful. But I don't have it. The devil started early this morning, friction. It was so bad Dustin got to go to seminary last Thursday night, didn't he, Dustin? Oh, it was so bad there at Dixon. I mean, this folks just walked around talking. I was like, you know, I don't know if y'all know, but we're going to have to sit down eventually. Finally got them all sat down and see what happened. Five folks got saved. The Bible said we have an adversary. The Bible said your adversary, the devil. You don't think you got one? You, your adversary, the devil, he, he's warring against you all the time. He's against anything you're doing, and he'll use anybody. So they was going on with their agenda. 
until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and they knew not until the flood came, and it took them all away, every one of them. Oh, Brother Eddie, did it take the young guys, young folks? Yeah. Those that had, didn't want on the boat, everybody that didn't want on the boat, it took them away. Was there ladies there? Yes. Everybody that didn't want on the boat, it took them all away. Will people really go to hell? Yeah, everybody that don't want on the boat will go to hell. Will teenagers go? Everybody that don't want on the boat will die and go to hell. But the door is open. Jesus said, I am the door. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Movie was out one time, left behind. I remember way back, my grandmother had an old, old movie. Back, back years and years ago, Brother Charles, when you was a young man, when, I can't say that because I remember a little bit of it myself. When they had those big bottom leg britches, you know. I remember it in that day. And everybody wore great big glasses. And I remember the movie, and I can remember my grandmother having me sitting down to watch it. If y'all remember, it was left behind. Maybe it was Dave Wilkins or somebody. I, I don't remember, but, but I can remember that, that the wife was laying in the bed, and she heard the razor, and it was vibrating, and it was in the sink of the, of the bathroom. And she said, honey, what is it? What's going on? And, she would, and, and it was making so much racket. And she run, and she went in there to the sink. And when she got to the sink, she seen the razor, and, and it was an electric razor, and it was just making a lot of noise, just, just vibrating in that sink. And she went to looking for her husband. She hollered his name. She went to the door. She went everywhere. She couldn't find him. Then she went to the baby's room, and she run in there to see the baby, and the baby was gone. Then finally she called her neighbor and she said, I don't know what's going on. My husband's gone and, and the baby's gone. Have you, have you seen him? Have, have you seen him? She said, no, but the same thing's happening here. My two daughters are gone. Me and my husband, they're looking for him and they're gone. Nobody's going to tell you that. Nobody's going to tell you that horror story. Nobody's going to tell you that one day that you're going to be left. It said it's two. Two people that's going to be in the field. One's going to be taken. And the other's going to be left. What am I supposed to do? Tear it out of the book and not never preach it? Because, you know, it's not encouraging, not edifying. If you're saved, it's very encouraging. It's two women's going to be grinding at the mill. One's going to be taken and the other's going to be still standing there. Folks is going to be in church. Some's going to be taken. Others going to be still. It'll probably be people still clapping at a song somewhere. They'll look around and they'll notice the clap is not quite as loud. When I get to verse 42, I think about it. It says, watch. It says, watch. Every day that we get with our family, every day that you get with your health, every day that you get with an opportunity to do, do what you need to do, it's an extended hand of God. 
in time. It's extended in time. It's extended, it's extended in compassion. It's extended in grace. It, it just extended. He just keeps extending. We, if we had a bank loan and they, they said, we're going to extend it. We, it's due today. We're supposed to take everything you got. That's, that's kind of way God's grace is. He don't owe us nothing. And he comes back every day and we've turned him down every day. I don't know if anybody in here would do anything close to what God done. And he said, I'm just extending another day till we wake up this morning and, we, and it says today is the day of salvation. He extended God's grace. He extended God's mercy. Extended in time. Every day that we get, it's an extension. Every day that we get up and still have the compassion of God that he's still waiting on us. He's thinking this Sunday you may make a move. I thought you would next Sunday. I, last Sunday, I thought you would the Sunday before that, but he's still waiting. He, he's got a compassionate God like that. Not only he's gave us time, but he's got a compassionate heart. Thank God for his compassion that he had toward me. He's compassionate in that grace that Sister Renee was talking about. That grace. It would be like maybe if you watch a movie and you've seen it where in a movie where they set it and they set it and they got, they'll set five minutes on it and how they got the music and the orchestras and that goes with it and that bomb's on there and it's, it's just running down. They got them seconds. It's running off real quick and, and then all of a sudden it gets to four and then, then they got 60 more seconds and they're running off real fast and then it gets to three and then they got seconds, 60 seconds again, starts to 59 and then it's running off real quick and then we get to two and it's got 60 seconds and it's running off real fast and then we get to one and it's running off real fast. And if somebody don't get there to operate on that bomb, all the dramas going on. They got all the music that goes to make the film what we need to make it to be. And then if they don't get to it, it explodes. But in a lot of movies, they're trying to get to it and to make the movie real good. Somebody's working on it. Somebody else is standing around and they're looking. They're not wanting to say anything because they know he needs to be diligent on what he's doing. And, and you don't need to be asked no question. And all your faith is in that person. You're standing right there beside the bomb. And to make the movie good, Brother Larry, right before it one runs out, to make the movie good, they finally snip one wire. Which one? Which wire? And they snap it. And to make the movie real good, it's one second left. I believe that's what God's trying to tell us. Jesus comes every day. And through his grace and through his compassion, he comes running to you. Hell's looking on. Hell's saying, I hope it explodes on them today. I hope it gets them today. The devil is laughing because you're probably a good person for your neighbors. You wouldn't steal anything. You wouldn't get anything. And hell is just laughing. The church don't care anymore. Nobody's urging about it. Nobody's going to die today. Jesus is not coming today. We're going to put that far away. Look here. I mean, that boat, that man's out there preaching that boat, it don't make no sense. That man's preaching about the coming of the Lord. That don't make no sense. I'll do it next Sunday. I'll get it done sometime. All the time. Hell's watching on. And every morning, 
Jesus comes, gives you an extended time. He gives you extended compassion. And he gives you extended grace. Hell's looking on, Brother Larry. And there was one second left, and Jesus steps in. Hell's mad. And then it starts all over again. Starts all over again. Through tomorrow. God's love is reaching toward you. God's grace is reaching toward you. God's compassion is reaching toward you. God's time's reaching toward you. Hell's looking on. Hell's saying, don't do it. Put it off. Put it off. You put it off. Hell's working on you hard. Then every morning, God's grace, compassion, love, and time, extended hand of God. The extended hand of God comes and said, okay, here you go. Houston's going to start the invitation. Lost folks, I'm sorry, I didn't get much prayer this morning. I didn't get much prayer this morning. I can feel it. But I'm still after you. It would have been a whole lot better to cowboy church somewhere. <laughs> but nevertheless, God loves you. He really loves you. He really loves you. I don't care. I don't care how much hell we have to go through. I still come to you, God really loves you. God really loves you. And he's extended a special day for you today. And he planned this day for you to come to know Jesus. He's planned this day. Hell has got up early this morning. Mr. Benny, I believe that. I believe the day that you got saved there in the hospital, I believe hell got up early that morning too. Got up early. But grace came in, Sister Lane. Grace came in Ripley Hospital in a loving way. In a loving way. My friend Benny gave his life to Jesus. If you're lost in the house today, I want you to bow your head, everybody pray.